the course was amazing. It's one of the best courses I've run in Britain for sure. Especially oh, like high praise. Yeah, it was like proper long course, like an actual long leg with really interesting route choices. Mm. I'm still not sure which way was the best. Yeah, that long leg looks savage. I just looked at it and I was like, oh god, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> go sort of straight. Hello and welcome to The Run-In, sponsored again this week by Envy and by Straits. More about them later. But if you're joining us for the first time, let's go over a reintroduction of ourselves. I'm Catherine. I've pretty much been orienteering my whole life. Uh, and now I'm not really very competitive anymore, but um, I do commentate on races like the JK and also kind of World Championships, World Cups, uh, international races as well. And I suppose do a little bit of coaching on the side down with the South Central Junior Squad and with um, you know national stuff in Scotland as well. And I am Will. I've also been doing orienteering for, well, as long as I can remember, really. Um member of the GB elite squad also raced for EFK Lidinger and have raced everything from um, European youth champs through to Jaywalk and world champs as well like to think of myself as competitive I'd say I am competitive you're more competitive than I am Will and that's why we have you on board (laughs) but anyway we are really excited this week we've got an interview with one of our top juniors and someone who really should have been going on the plane to Hungary for uh, the European Turkey no oh, no it Hungary. is Hungary it is sorry I was thinking about in October you're not nah. getting the reference I'm going with come on oh. yeah well he should have been going on the plane to, to Turkey as well to the Junior World Championships and also to Hungary for EYOC we're coming to that in a bit the interview is with Ali Thomas but we're going to go over some news first and actually before that I want to give a quick shout out to Nev Myers who many of you know has been recovering from first Covid and then um, a stroke and is kind of still ongoing with his recovery but we got the message um, a couple of days ago to say he was enjoying listening to the podcast to aid with the recovery so just wanted to send our best wishes um, to Nev for an ongoing recovery. Absolutely. I think for a lot of the people in the um, the senior squad, Nev would have been one of the main coaches on Lag and Lear, Bad Agrician alike when we were growing up. Um, and he's always available in like the arenas at races to, you know, have a chat and always ask how you doing, you know, always a friendly face to see. So no, but, um, best of luck, Nev. Hope you get better soon. But let's start off our news with Hungary, as we mentioned. So European youth slash European junior champs is now off due to the COVID situation there and also other European countries making travel difficult, which means, Will, no international champs this year for any of our teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it's not too surprising in a way with uh, spikes coming back in and Countries increasing their lockdown measures again, having multiple people from multiple different countries travelling to certain locations um, is a bit of a limiting uh, factor for competitions at the moment. Euro meeting as we speak is currently up in the air, which although is a B international became the focal point for uh, the majority of senior orienteers this year. But we've had various countries like Norway um, and I think Switzerland maybe state that their runners will not be going. I know that the British team... um, I mean, it could go either way uh, for us as it stands with these new restrictions which um, have been put in place. I mean, I'm personally glad. I think most people will be glad that the organisers tried to put something on. Yeah, pretty gutting. Pretty, yeah. pretty gutting. Because I think even during the foot and mouth year, which Britain suffered, Britain and Ireland suffered from in 2002, there were still international races. But this is, 
yeah, just something completely different. Unprecedented. And, and, and this week we've also seen, we've seen national champs around Europe, Switzerland, mm. Finland, Norway, Italy. Czech, I swear there's some Hungary. more Czech. Yeah. Um, yeah. All well, over the place. All over the place. So we've been well, enviously looking at those. But meanwhile here, another event is off in the UK. And this time it's the JK 2021. Mm. Oh, 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 this, is, this is a really one that's just like already it's been cancelled. This is sad. Yeah. No, this, this is brutal because it was going to be the first JK since 2010, I think, as well, which... Or maybe 2011 they had used sand dunes so oh, I was personally really looking forward to getting back too. on some sand dune terrain and just ripping it up <laughs> on mm. some really intricate maps um, like Penhale was one of the areas I think and that mm. uh, you know got such good memories from a British champs there where I think everyone was staying on the same campsite and you could just walk to the arenas and everything oh. so yeah it is it is absolutely gutting um, the one benefit I feel like I can claim that I'm defending JK Sprint Champion for an extra year <laughs> So, so there you go, that's you're good. Gonna, you're going to hang on to that one, Will. Really, I'm really absolutely going to dine out on it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's no point in not. Um, it's the only reason why they cancelled it, clearly. Um, oh, but, you, had an, you had an inside little kind of, you were trying yeah. to make it sure so that nobody could give permission for it. And, oh. Yeah, just emailing them. was like, guys, please, let me, let me hold on. Um, but no, in, yeah, in seriousness, no, it is absolutely gutting. I think most people will... Um, will have that's like that's their easter that's what they build their easter around and yeah. it was odd not no one can go and do anything this year but to have it cancelled so early is um mm. is really strange and just think well okay well uh, hopefully there'll be some um normally we use it for test races so hopefully we'll have some kind of elite test races put on either in this country or somewhere else mm. i know uh catherine that you said that um some clubs are looking at the possibility of holding something so Maybe yeah. there's something to tie us over. Yeah, Colonel said they may be holding something locally. Um, British Army around me say they may be holding something. But to be honest, I was like you. I was so looking forward to going to those sand dunes. I'm mm. so bored of southern forests right now. I mean, I love it, but I'm so. <laughs> I want to go. I just want to go somewhere else, and I love sand dunes so much. But I guess like the JKs. Hmm? If, if if it is in the South England, can we just not have it at Cold Ash <laughs> for the for the third JK in in a uh, eight year span? Yeah, that's that's yeah. No, it's a lot there. Nothing we against Cold have, Ash. We genuinely do. It. We genuinely do have other big areas in the south, but they're all just like military areas. We can't get enough permission for them or mm. whatever. Or yeah, no. I I I was looking forward to going somewhere else, but I suppose like the JK is such a like it's the biggest event in the in the UK, mm. excepting the Scottish Six Days. You know, it's got a lot of risk, and I think if if you can't be certain of permission, and if landowners are unable to say, okay, yeah, by Easter things will be okay, then you know there's there's so much time and effort and money that goes into it that um that i i assume must be why the decision's been made to be honest yeah yeah and i doubt they've come to the decision lightly especially this early because you think they'd try and run it up to uh as late as they could but i guess it's just yeah what we have to deal with but we can there is a little bit of good news 
new regulations in England have come into place on the starting the 1st of September that kind of overrules our previous guidance. So now if allocated start times are used, a maximum of two starters per minute is permitted from each start location. And if it's just start windows rather than the allocated time, one per one starter per minute, uh, no limit on the number of separate start locations. So that is a whole load more people now are allowed to attend rather than our 10 people per 15 minutes. So, and that's not been affected by this kind of rule of six that's come in um, in the last few days in England or in the last day in England. So uh, for me, that's a big bonus um, that these these restrictions have been kind of relaxed. I think mm. we've managed to show that orienteering really is a sport that's kind of it's almost built for social distancing orienteers do not like to get close to each other like you just run away from somebody else if you're that close i genuinely we are talking about an orienteering event though aren't we not just in general life oh well okay well well to be honest in general life as well to be we're we can be an unsociable bunch of the time no we're we're pretty sociable thinking about all my post all the post run chats that we like to have but Mm. um for me this is like a really kind of good thing that we've allowed these kind of relaxation of these rules yeah yeah. no definitely it almost feels like it could be a normal event um Mm. especially with if if you kind of take the amount of separate start locations obviously that's extra logistics Mm -hmm. um but in theory obviously if you've got eight courses you can have four different starts per course all kind of what 100 meters apart um, just go different ways down a path on the way to the start and uh, yeah. and you're all good which I mean the split starts in some events anyway just in general so yeah no, and um, like the South London way. event on Sunday managed to use two starts and they you know managed to get extra start times because of these this relaxation of these rules I mean there were 70 people on the brown goodness me I think on I heard the brown on the brown you never 70 on people brown. on the brown I know that's fantastic and um, then about you know 400 entries or something and you know it felt on one on one hand like a normal event but on the other hand like still very safe and we were everyone was separate and all that kind of thing you know it's absolutely i think absolutely possible to do so um right let's move on and introduce our guest for this episode's big interview hailing from the lake district now at edinburgh university alistair thomas is one of the uk's top juniors and has had some great performances at last year's junior world championships in denmark he had high hopes of improving on that this year in his last year before he turned senior but as we'll hear you know everything's been totally up in the air for him this year Ali, thanks very much for joining us um, on the run-in. I want to start with your reaction to everything being off this year, and particularly with kind of the EYOC, EJOC, um, which has been called off uh, in the last week or so. Yeah, so obviously it was really disappointing with all the races being cancelled. I mean, yeah, as soon as we found out about coronavirus, it was kind of obvious jaywalking that wasn't happening in the summer. But then, yeah, it was. we had a bit of hope with EJOC and doing the selection races but yeah as we as we know coronavirus is starting to peak again so yeah it's kind of only going to go one way yeah that's true and well did you because it was it took ages for jaywalk to get cancelled for the junior world champs to get cancelled yeah it did like was that a weird experience like still having it happen but 
did you did you expect any of them to go ahead? No, like, I mean, I didn't really expect them to go ahead, but since they weren't cancelled yet, we were still kind of training like they were going ahead, which was was a bit weird, but yeah. Yeah. We got cancelled. Okay. For you, you're you're a second year M twenty, aren't you? Yeah, last year in the juniors. So does this does this kind of come exactly at the wrong time? Yeah, I don't get a show what I can do as a, as a junior. Just <laughs> kind of annoying, but got to live with it. Because where were you last year in Jewel Cali? It was top tens, wasn't it? Nah, not quite. I was like twenty fifth in the middle, and we got a sixth in the relay. But oh yeah, sixth in the relay. Yeah, yeah. I I feel mm. like I had a lot more to give. None of the yeah. races last year were excellent. Do you think yeah. this terrain suited you better as well? Um, I don't know really. I Denmark was pretty ideal for the Brits. Nice and kind of hilly and a pretty simple nav. So yeah. But Turkey would have been good fun for sure. Mm, did, did you go on the training camp to Turkey that was last year? Yeah, yeah, we went with GB last August. And yeah, the forest wasn't too nice to be honest, it was quite green. Pretty <laughs> pretty pretty thorny. Came out of there worse for wear. Oh, perfect for the Brits. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What kind of like what kind of terrain was it? Can you describe it in, in detail? It's just sort of like hilly but like roll it like not much contour detail, but like big slopes, big vague slopes, big and lots of green as well, <laughs> with like the big valleys in between and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So not I did not not very like the UK, but would it really? Do you think it would really suit many teams? No, that was the thing about Turkey. So it wouldn't really suit anyone because it's just yeah, it's just different terrain to all the. Big, big countries. I mean, Swiss. It was kind of like Switzerland, so I guess it might suit them. But, but yeah, yeah no, but the vegetation was a lot different. <laughs> yeah, and therefore very different to Scandinavia as well. So were you yeah, sure. expecting quite a lot of yourself from from the from uh, that junior world championships? Well, I was just looking forward to going racing and seeing if I could do better than last year, which I mean I was expecting to do. But yeah, we'll never know now. But well, but what about twenty twenty one? There's extra age classes in Turkey next year. Is it something that you you know you'll hang on another year for? Is yeah, it, so they likely to feature. Yeah, they they yet to decide what they're gonna do. I'm assuming they'll put on another like a race for our age group or try and mix it somehow. But yeah, that'll be something I'd be looking to do, which would be nice. But I yeah. mean, it's never really the same as the last Jaywalk, but. For people who don't know, people who've not been, why is the last year of Jaywalk so special? Well, it's kind of like your last big race as a junior, and obviously you're the, you're the top of your age group, so you've you've got the best chance to do well. And you've got and you've got all of those around you. Yeah, some who are less experienced, maybe only their first year at Jaywalk, and they've they've still got a lot to learn. I guess you can you can take on all your lessons from your previous junior worlds championships. Yeah, for sure. Like, I learned so much in my first two, and I yeah, was looking forward to putting it all into good use, but it is what it is. What, what were some of the things you kind of learned from the, the first two? <laughs> it was really, the long race is pretty brutal. I don't know, it's only like 70 yeah. minutes, but it's just savage, and like, yeah, you've got to respect it a lot. Were you at the back end of the quarantine for that, Ali? Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, long, long, long like day of six hours in the yeah. one room, just waiting and waiting. It's yeah. awful. It's the and worst then, yeah. prep for a race. 
for sure. Do you deal with the quarantine well? Have you like figured out ways of like passing that time? Yeah, we just, I mean, for me, I just sort of like relax and do some crosswords or something. <laughs> Read a book and chat with the other guys. Nothing special, just, yeah, try and keep my mind off the race until like half an hour to go and we get ready. And then, and then is it for you, is it about kind of psyching yourself up or you're still trying to like play down the occasion of the race? Yeah, I think for me, I'm more going towards playing down the occasion. Like, if I get too psyched up, I'll just run off way too fast at the start into mistakes. And you, yeah, you just got to keep reminding yourself you should go in orienteering, not much more. So you're trying to almost treat it as, you know, a local race, like try and put in the same techniques and the same procedures that you'd normally do. Yeah, exactly. You've nailed it there. It's just like you go in orienteering any, any other time. Do the same thing and you'll be all right. Yeah, I, I this reminds me of something that um, I remember Alice Leake saying. It, you don't need an, an exceptional performance to do well. Yeah, for sure. You just kind of need yeah. um, a, a standard performance. Yeah, like, especially internationals and everyone, well, like, half the field will lose their heads. <laughs> and you've just got to do, have a normal run, in effect, and you'll do really well. Yeah. Mm. So um, you performed looks like pretty well at the selection races um correct me if i'm wrong it was first in in m20 first in the sprint in middle and second in the long yeah that's right so talk us through take each of those in turn and talk us through how they went from your perspective yeah so the sprint i was a bit sprint was the one i was most apprehensive about because i hadn't done any sprint training since february and in fact we went and did a little shake out on some sprint training in the morning of the race just to get the head back in the game <laughs> which helped a bit nothing like last minute prep yeah I know it's cramming for the exam but uh, yeah no that went really well I just we'd done a lot of geeking of the area so a lot of looking at street view so I knew what everything looked like really and then yeah there was no surprises in the actual race well apart from actually we had like five controls in the forest which well, yeah, was a bit, bit strange for a sprint race but suited me really well don't think other oh. people found it that way no, I would have hated it being in the forest. Yeah, it was kind of weird. We had like three controls in the urban stuff and then five in the forest and then back into the urban. Yeah, which okay. was really, mm. yeah, it was really good fun. Like, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's really Scandinavian. The, yeah, I don't know how the pure sprinters found it, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Just like mixed it up a bit in the middle. Yeah. yeah, it really forces you to have to change your technique, Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like you start really hard in the urban stuff. Like just doing normal sprint routines and then suddenly you're taking a bearing and picking off features in the forest and it's like, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, no, Whilst good panicking time. that you're maintaining the same speed. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then was it the long next? Yep, yeah, long on Saturday, yeah, midday. So, yeah, I was a bit disappointed with my long race. Like, I don't know, I just haven't been in the, hadn't been in the South Lakes terrain in quite in like a month so yeah just when I started racing it just didn't feel right I was all over the, like just wobbling all through the terrain it was really rocky couldn't get going but then I pulled through all right till about midway and then got really tired in the last section just <laughs> lost my head completely <laughs> which is not ideal the course looked great though from us oh, looking yeah, no, at it the course was amazing it's one of the best courses I've run in Britain for sure especially oh, like high praise. yeah it was like Proper long course, with like an actual long leg with 
really interested route choices. Mm. I'm still not sure which way was the best. Yeah, that long leg looks savage. I just looked at it and I was like, oh god, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> go sort of straight. Like yellow hashing grot on the on the line into the dark green. Over yeah, the top straight of the hill over around. the big green. Yeah. Yeah. Classic great freight home. It's good. Yeah, it was really really good fun. I mean, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was just really tough, and I was struggling to run a race pace through it. Yeah, how you, how did you train over the summer for that long distance? How did you keep the motivation? Did you get in the grot and um, and train for the long? Yeah, I was like my preparation for these races wasn't ideal. So, like in July, I overdid it in lockdown and got a quite bad knee injury. I was like three weeks off running properly. And then I didn't get back into the nice forest till two, one, two weeks before the race. So yeah, that wasn't ideal prep, which is probably why I felt a bit bit wobbly yeah. to start within the terrain. Yeah, I can imagine. But then, I mean, you can't have been going too slowly. Uh, maybe, you know, I wonder if in long races, if, you know, you feel like you're going slower than you are. Yeah, I guess that was it. It was just, a, I just remember at the start, like, being so wobbly and not having no time to read the map while going down rock slopes and crags and stuff. But then, yeah, it got better as the race went on, for sure. Until I got really tired at the end, as I say. <laughs> Just got lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. What about the middle distance, then? That was on the Sunday. Three races in three days. Yeah, it was pretty pretty tough. My legs were pretty tired by the, by the Sunday. But I took the lessons from Saturday forwards and... Yeah, I just went out to have a clean race as I could, keep it nice and smooth and not worry about the speed through the terrain. And yeah, Paul had a really good technical race, kept mm-hmm. it nice and clean. I especially because we started through the big green section of Graithwaite. I don't know if anyone knows that, but that's really quite yeah. quite tricky. Really low yeah. pace. Got to keep your wits about you. All one big slope on the side of it as well, isn't it? Yeah. Easily yeah. go off your line. Yeah, well, I just held it together through there and then got to the finish once we got into the white yeah hmm. that was a good race it it looked again like a proper middle distance course as well like quality yeah, planning yeah again it was a really good course i didn't expect them to have so much in the green section which mm. yeah was really i enjoyed yeah so it's like a really good test but you're you're from the lakes aren't you yep i am so think, i mean did that, a bit did of a home help? advantage yeah for sure i mean we went we would yeah we did training in on the same area in the start of January when we didn't know it was going to be selection races there. That night race, Will, I'm pretty sure you did it, didn't you? I did it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we did that. That was and tough. Then, yeah, yeah. Was tough. That, that green in the dark. Green in the dark is crazy. <laughs> How much do you think that helped the prep or not at all? Because I think I didn't see much in that green. <laughs> well, I've run in it before that as well, so... <laughs> Yeah, I knew what was knew what to expect. Yeah. So you said you've been kind of in training this year still with potentially these major championships in mind, but is there any ways you've been doing your training differently or like being able to focus on new things or doing different types of sessions? Yeah, for sure. So when we started lockdown, um, I just started mixing up the sessions a bit, doing some speed sessions, which I'd never really done before. And then, yeah, getting into the fells a bit, which is nice. It's just mm-hmm. nice to have a little bit of variety. Yeah, but then you said, mm. um, like, overtraining leading to that knee injury. Like, how 
do you know or like not know? It must be such a difficult line to tread between training enough and not overtraining. Yeah, well, I think it was just me getting a bit silly and getting bored in lockdown, to be honest. <laughs> I just decided to do like five interval sessions in one week and then oh my a week God. after I couldn't run. <laughs> I did I did have a fear that this would happen to some people in yeah. in lockdown partway. Cause I, was, like, I was going so well, just just like same every week for so yeah. long and then... Just but just nothing, there was nothing else to do, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, if I felt like I had nothing else to do working full-time, God... So the only thing to do is I just like get it. outside and enjoy the weather and things like that. Yeah, but, um, for sure. I think you, 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 the only way sometimes to find a limit is to push up to it, like you yeah. did, Ali, and, and yeah, yeah, find out just what works. and then, Cross the line quite badly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we all do it, though, don't we? Don't yeah, we? for sure. <laughs> um, but are there kind of things that you've done in your training or learned from your training that you're going to kind of take forwards, though? Yeah, so... I mean, not five interval sessions a week. Can't recommend that. Don't there try is. Scandi way. Well, y- you say that. I swear, I've been told by um, who was it? Oh, I think it was Emma Wingstead. He said that yeah, to get oh, really fit. Man. Yeah, yeah um, like two weeks of shorter interval sessions every day. Oh my and god! And it pumped up his VO two max for a competition. I would not advise anyone listening to do that. But I think Chris Smith, yeah, I gave it a go once, and he said he came out just broken. Yeah. <laughs> I think I remember seeing Schminty do that. Yeah. yeah I was like, like, oh, God, that's grim. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it worked. Like, back-to-back days of five by five minutes and then ten by two and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, savage. Not nice. It's, it's doable, but don't do it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, anyway, I just, just learned to keep it a bit more chill, basically. And I think I'm starting to do a bit more cycling in the programme. At least once a week, go for a ride instead of a run. Which just oh. take the load off the legs a bit. Mm. that's a good idea I think lots of people have picked up a bike um, this lockdown this year yeah definitely yeah. yeah absolutely yeah I've just been really enjoying it like when I was injured I was still training on the bike and it was really enjoyable so I just keep doing it a bit makes sense makes sense so yeah. you're you're studying at Edinburgh um, what made you go there was it was it the orienteering yeah it was the orienteering programme but like so my grandma's from Edinburgh so I knew the city quite well I knew I liked it they all had a big influence and I couldn't really see myself going anywhere else. <laughs> so I think I saw on UOC's uh, Instagram your vice president this coming year. Yep, vice captain for this year. What does that involve? Well, it would involve unusual circumstances, me organising all the weekend trips away. Uh-huh. But at the moment, I don't think that's going to be happening. So <laughs> Easy job. Help. Yeah, helping out where I can at the moment. Are you, are you, has term started there already? Uh, so it's welcome week or freshers week. Okay. <laughs> this week. And then, yeah, term will start on Monday, next Monday. Oh, wow. So are, are things feeling a bit weird? Like as you're kind of working together with the rest of the clubs to kind of think about how you're doing things over the next couple of terms, like, yeah, does so it feel had, very different? It feels, yeah, it feels really different. So we've had like a lot of meetings with all the, with the sports union and stuff. And what we can and can't do. And, mm. yeah, we're trying to figure something out. Like, we can still put on training and orienteering in Edinburgh, which is quite nice. Hey, even with the new guidelines they just brought in today. So you can still do training because it's Scottish orienteering guidelines mm. that we're allowed to go by, which is still like 30 people, mm. I think, something like that. What part of club life is going to take the biggest hit? I mean, definitely the social side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You can't be in Hive till five, can you? Yeah, can't be doing that anymore. 
I mean, we could be. It's, it is open, but... <laughs> is it actually? Just, as a bar. Ah. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I don't think we we'll be doing that. <laughs> I honestly... Yeah, anyone at uni right now, like, I feel really sorry for. It's just got to be just a, like, rubbish. <laughs> just just yeah. so not how it should be. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I was going to say, especially as um, they managed to get this bar hive into the um, allowed list on the embargo so there's a corridor in and out of it <laughs> yep that got done and now you can't even go to it yeah oh well <laughs> but yeah the embargo's been updated for now anyway since what's now 2024 I believe yeah so we're now allowed yeah. to run we're allowed to run through the area now at least like no one in obviously but yeah you are you are correct yeah you are at least allowed to go there which is must be really were you obeying the embargo with an eye on 2022 uh, yeah, so none of my runs went through the embargo at all. I mean, I went down like the allowed streets, down to the gym and stuff. But yeah, I was yeah. St- sticking to what we were allowed to do. But <laughs> I was yeah, not too hopeful to get to walk in 2022, to be honest. Sprinting's, oh, no. sprinting's not my thing. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. T- two more years, do you think it's going to be more achievable now, though? Uh, potentially. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see when we get there. KG. <laughs> yeah. Well, this sounds like you, you're not the biggest fan of sprint, though. You prefer no, yeah. your, forest, your forest. I definitely think, like, moving into seniors, I'll just be focusing on the forest and giving the sprint a bit of a miss. That's okay. I think, I think somebody has to, to be honest. So, um, <laughs> why, why not? Um, we need to have some full disclosure here from myself and Will. We're both ex Shuok, so... In our mm-hmm. time, we've done a fair bit of Edinburgh bashing. So, part of you being here is to defend Edinburgh. Okay, because <laughs> because I feel like we've done too much Edinburgh bashing. So, um, you will you um, yeah do your defence. Tell us what it's like being there. And I'm assuming it's a lot. Is it a lot of like training with the group with a lot of you um, kind of up there? Yeah. So just any of your runs, really. You- just ask if any of the guys want to go for a run and stuff. And then the, like, the intervals are all organised. So we do that in a group. And then there's often training on. And the weekends mm. away, like, we'll all go away together. Yeah. Train. It's pretty nice. So I know I've certainly accused Edinburgh Uni of recently not kind of... There's a lot of promising juniors, you know, join Edinburgh. Yeah. And then kind of by the time you graduate not being kind of consistently successful as maybe we would think from the junior level when you're starting university at like what has your experience that you've seen been of that what have you seen yeah so i don't know i think that could be with the setup so like the performance team is uh like really it's like gb level athletes so obviously when you're like first second year senior which is when you'll be leaving uni you're probably not quite at that level yet, so you're not in that setup, mm-hmm. which is quite kind of hard for some people going from being in it in the like their junior years at Jaywalk, and then not being in the team the next couple of years. I mean, like the group atmosphere is really good. All the- yeah, I can see one of the one another accusation I've leveled at it is: Do you think it kind of pushes could push people to train too much? Um, that's an interesting one. I think it is tempting when you see everyone's training on attack point on Strava to just keep pumping the miles and see what happens. But no, I think people mostly people keep it sensible. 
I, but then you can take that on the other side and I and I would say you know having people there really encourages people to to up their game and yeah, to sure. you know if you've got that competition in that small area you're pushing yourself to be better and better to be honest yeah for sure like if you miss a training session or just don't do a week of training and you see everyone else do it you would be like what am I doing why aren't I out training mm. with them mm-hmm. that makes sense and but that's an interesting thing looking forward to what you're saying about that transition from the junior to senior team of course you're just about to make that transition as last year m20 like how yeah. are you approaching it um well i mean like my life goals to run at walk as many times as i can and do as well as i can so just keep training how i have been that's what and if i get in the team if i don't get in the team it doesn't really matter just keep, yeah. keep going till i get there well will we were chatting about something last week weren't we about looking at the gb men's senior team um most are kind of over 25 mm. or in like you know 25 30 that kind of thing and and maybe there's a little bit of an opportunity there for you know for some younger guys like yourself ali to to jump in i think yeah, hopefully. <laughs> no, yeah, it is the, there is a bit of a gap, yeah. yeah. I think Mark Saunders was doing a really good report on that and what's happening with the drop-off from junior. And one of the proposed suggestions was, like, just make a a squad that's 18s to 23 instead of a junior squad and a senior squad to encompass that age group. Mm. No, I, I think that would be good. Because um, I, th- I think the way that junior trainer, juniors are training now, and Ali can kind of correct me if I'm wrong, is a lot harder than even kind of 10 years ago with the miles and the specificity. So okay. the the drop-off, I personally, I think will probably be less or the, or the step-up you've got to make is probably going to be less compared to 10 years ago, but that, or even kind of five, six years ago, but that's where that gap is at the moment of, of less people. So yeah, definitely. yeah a kind of under 23 squad say would be be perfect for filling that gap where you just kind of transition up you go well, blooming heck I've got to go and do a instead of a 70 minute long race now it's 100 minutes and that's for that's for Thierry <laughs> and, Lund- and Lundinez I'm going to be doing two hours in the Norwegian <laughs> skog so yeah. uh, I think that's a great idea yeah I think that would work well yeah hopefully it's not too much of a step up for me to senior but we'll see because mm. then you've almost as well you've got the or with the with the age drop for the world universities as well going down to 25 you've almost got the dedicated world universities team in that mix already so you're all all kind of committing to that a bit earlier yeah, it was as well kind of like have that 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 sort of group as like a jaywalk world universities group and that's mm. that's like the competitions they should be going for in there i think that would work really nicely and yeah by the time you leave that you're basically at senior level like you are ready to go straight to senior yeah instead of just Good luck. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good idea. Like, I, yeah, I agree that's a good idea. I think we've seen a lot of people yeah, dropping out if they're not kind of consistently making teams. I think especially if you're used to consistently making teams yeah, or for, sure. for like Junior World Champs and, or EYOC from back being a 16 as well even. Yeah, definitely. I think that's going to be a big thing for me. Like I've been in pretty much every team I could have been and now I'm don't expect to be in every team I could be at senior level just going to have to get used to that 
Are there any kind of like international competitions that are you're kind of looking towards on the horizon in the next couple of years that you might be particularly trying to target? Walk 2021. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You, uh, the Czech terrain looks so great. Then why not, I'd say. Yeah, it looks really cool. I mean, you've got to try. I'll be training to try and get there. Absolutely. I th- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, why not? It's best actually, like, you may as like it'd be stupid just to be like nah I'm writing it off when you could have been in in great shape and in a good position yeah exactly to, you've to got to try there. got to try yeah. and then that bumps up the stand of, of everyone else yeah that's definitely so true. it's what the, what the team needs as well more people pushing for less spots when now that it's a split forest uh, well not next not next year the sprint's back in but the split forest and sprint as well as less spots to go for so yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. more people going for it better yeah. yeah definitely what's I want to ask like a kind of a general question now what's been your best international experience so far oh I'm allowed to say jaywalk party <laughs> <laughs> you're, al- you're allowed to say jaywalk party <laughs> no I think last year coming sixth in the relay at jaywalk and then seeing the girls win that was a yeah that was a pretty amazing day and, yeah. yeah that's going to take some topping what was what was your part of the relay? Run us through like how you had felt that day. So I was last leg in the men's team, and yeah, I got sent out in like fifth or sixth, but chasing some guys, and yeah, it was kind of weird just trying to keep my act together, like knowing the guys around me are definitely better than me. Like I got dropped quite quickly by Norway second team, I think, <laughs> but no, I think. I raced it well, and then I got caught up the Czech team, and then yeah, we raced to the end. Fortunately, I made a little mistake at the end, so he got fifth place. But yeah, that went as well as probably as well as I could have hoped for, especially wow. after after a tough week on pretty tired legs. Yeah, that must be a great experience. Like you know, getting sent out in such a great position, like yeah, knowing yeah. the teammates have done such a good job. They couldn't, yeah, they couldn't have done any better. That was pretty amazing. And um, and what I've heard a lot about about that about that jaywalk is about the kind of the the great team atmosphere that was around that whole weekend and just how the whole team seemed to like support each other and help each other do well yeah well like we're all we're all great mates in that team so we all knew each other quite well anyway and then as soon as it started going well it's just the team was just lifted every day yeah and even when so like when fiona wasn't doing as well as she should and Eddie lifted her up and then she got that second place in the middle. Yeah. It was just a good yeah. week for the team. Yeah. I, I just remember seeing like some of the video footage of you guys all like massive group hugging at the end of that relay when the girls had come in and like celebrating your result as well. You know, that's top six finish. Um, just like everyone piling on each other. Yeah. If only we could do that now. Social distancing. <laughs> no, yeah. It was just really nice. That everyone was, was happy. If you look how you kind of you approached international competitions, you know when you were first starting to compete internationally, and and now when you would have been going to a jaywalk, like how have you changed? What have you kind of most learned and and how to approach them? Well, yeah, my first EYC, I was pretty terrified and taking it really way too seriously, <laughs> way too much pressure on myself, and then I mean it didn't because the first race was like the long race, I think. And yeah, I had a really bad race. Where uh, was it? Uh, Poland. Okay. It's a nice green mountainous terrain, as per. <laughs> Love That's it. For every race I seem to do. <laughs> but no, that didn't. 
didn't go too well and I was quite upset but and then like a couple of days later I came back and was fifth in the sprint race so I, but like just because I just didn't put the pressure on myself so I was learning yeah learned from the first one really that just don't don't put too much pressure on it and just do go orienteering but that's so much easier said than done yeah it really is <laughs> especially with all the quarantines and stuff like that but then that helps again having all your friends around you in quarantine and you just just relax and chill out so what's the best piece of advice you've been given about orienteering I've been given mm. oh, it's just orienteering <laughs> it's about, that's, that's racing advice I'd say just yeah. do what you do normally that's the best piece of advice I've been given yeah it's not it's not it's not a life or death situation yeah it's just sport yeah but again I guess easier said than done so my next question was your best run so far and why and this doesn't even have to be international this can be anywhere is there oh. any race you feel like you've pretty much nailed it oh. even non-orienteering <laughs> yeah. no it won't be non-orienteering <laughs> <laughs> Not, not a track 800? Uh, not particularly. <laughs> um, yeah, God, that's a tough question. Might be. I remember World Schools back in the day. World Schools long race, I won by seven minutes. That was, a pretty, that was a pretty perfect day. Where was that? In Turkey. Hey, Turkey. Well, going back there, maybe. Should have been going back there. <laughs> stars were aligning and then they weren't why did that one go so well uh, probably because you got to look at the map for a minute before you started <laughs> <laughs> classic world schools were you part of the like select team or you yeah, were you part I was of the, the like... I was the select team that year yeah but no okay. they, yeah, they're just I think I was just I, I developed physically quite early so I was quite a lot fitter than everyone else in the race which one was the select team is that the one without it, without a school yeah yeah so, it's just so if you went like to Alderston and you're in the school team right yeah so it's the individual okay yeah so yeah. I, I was I was never good enough to qualify for world schools <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was I good... only know about it because my mum went a few times to coach okay or to take the team so um, but I guess I, I mean you must have been able to like mentally keep it together as well on that kind of a race yeah it was yeah I don't know <laughs> I just had a good day <laughs> I mean, I've, yeah, there's been a few more races since then. I'm not, I didn't peak in 2015, I'd like to think. <laughs> or maybe I did. That's all right, I think I peaked in 2009, so <laughs> there we go. Um, you said that you, you, know, you want to kind of race the World Championships as many times as you can. Is that your kind of big driving aim, your big wide aim? Yeah, I'd say the big aim is just a medal walk in the forest. That's, that's what keeps me drive going. Um, I like the ambition. So, in terms of you know, even in the next next few months, next next year or so, what's next for you? What what's coming up? If you can even plan anything. Yeah. Well, at the moment, it looks like we're going to have a few races on in the next in the coming weeks, which should be good fun. Really excited to just keep racing after the mm-hmm. selection races. Going to be interesting actually, because for the juniors who've already raced a weekend that you've had to build up mentally prep for and kind of do all of that yeah. side of things you I, well I don't know if you're in the groove now but you almost you've had a, a weekend to blow out the cobwebs and you get, then the race weekend in the Lake District in a couple of weeks time for the UK Elite League um, 
you won't be coming into it cold. It'd be very interesting. I wonder how many how many seniors could get beaten by um, by the juniors. Uh, we'll see. Well, full disclosure as well. The one of the races is also on Graveweight, so I'm going to get excuses in early for for all of the senior <laughs> yeah, well, team. Yeah, for when they you probably, get beat by the juniors, well. Yes, well, for when I get beat by the 16 year old um, <laughs> girls team. Um, there was a question, Ali, that I meant to ask earlier on about um, about the selection races. Are you somebody who? likes to go a bit cold into races or are you someone who likes to have lots of race experience going up to something like the selection race yeah so i think it's definitely a balance like by the end of a racing season you're pretty pretty spent and you never have your best races i find but like definitely i don't want like to go in cold so i usually find i race best on like a second or third weekend of races once you've had a little bit of a warm-up and you're still fresh and raring to go mentally fresh I think is the probably the biggest factor there hmm. Hmm. did you manage to get any kind of much stuff into much thing you know much training with a map in before that selection race yeah so we had the there was a GB senior camp up in Aviemore which mm-hmm. I went along for a few days and we got we did a little like race sort of thing the Saturday before the selections so yeah that that got me nicely into the groove it just gave me the confidence because that was the first time I'd run hard in the forest in a long time. It just gave me the confidence <laughs> that I could still do it. <laughs> and I wasn't going to just get majorly lost the next weekend. Yeah, like, oh yeah, this is orienteering. Oh yeah, I, I can do it. Yeah, it's like, oh, I, I'm all right at this. This is all right. <laughs> nice. Um, so, and then, you know, beyond the next few races, is it kind of starting to think about winter training and I guess whatever selection races there might be now you're a senior in 2021 yeah I think so I mean I don't know what's going on with Euro meeting but that's looking pretty unlikely that we'll get to go to that so yeah after mid-October it's going to be have a bit of a break and then get get ready for the next year great well good luck with that um will do you have any more questions no just best of luck for upcoming races you're a meeting um because i guess that's the first foray into the senior the senior ranks and it's going to be pretty stacked so um yeah no i hope it all goes well great chat there with ali thomas really exciting to get his views as he turns into a senior will are you scared yeah i mean who wouldn't be you know (laughs) He's young, he's confident, he's mm-hmm. strong. Mm-hmm. Got good. T- uh, well, and the, 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 actually, the thing is with Ali, I think he's got one of the most robust techniques of any of the juniors as well, which is really good to see because he's only you know, he can always get stronger and faster, but he's got a really good technique from what I've seen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, but it's, it's less on. less scared, more galvanized. I would say. Ah, oh, okay. You know, you, you inspired to put in some good winter training. Ab- I mean, I was already inspired. Now, definitely. Mm, he's not having my spot scared. <laughs> anyway <laughs> healthy um, combination of the two <laughs> yeah exactly well I'm going to hold you accountable to that um, so <laughs> let's uh, we're pretty much it for uh, this episode of the podcast just a, a few minutes to thank our sponsors Envy uh, Will you've been very impressed with the Terra TT this last couple of weeks on some long runs up in Scotland 
Absolutely, yeah. So I did a couple of long runs in the hills back to back and did a point to point on a set of hills called the Range of the Awful Hand, which Ooh. I think is just a brilliant name. That's great. Um, if anyone doesn't hasn't run in the Galloway Hills, definitely go because they've got some hidden gems and they're not as busy as the Munros. But put the uh, Terra TTs on. I'd already done a couple of days back to back in the forest. I thought my, you know, by the end of it, my feet would be a bit ruined. And then uh, stop for a run in the Howgills next to the Lake District on the way down. Normally my calves get pretty tight and they were absolutely fine. And I was amazed. I, I, norm, it's the descents which normally kill me and my feet take a bit of a battering from all the rocks and stuff. And I don't know, maybe I'm a bit of a soft southerner, but um, <laughs> genuinely really, really impressed by how much, or how, how forgiving they were as a shoe and how little the terrain seemed to take out of me. So by the time I'd finished that point to point run, kind of a couple of hours later, I still felt really nice and fresh, so. Yeah, very impressed. Strong endorsement there from Will. Well, if you want to get in touch um, with Mary Fleming, who's selling uh, NV shoes in the UK, then you can email her nvstraight.uksales at gmail.com and you spell that N-V-I-I-S-T-R, the number eight, .uksales at gmail.com. But I think that is going to be pretty much it for this podcast. Uh, next full episode, we will maybe be looking ahead to some of the races going on for seniors in the Lake District, part of the UK Elite O-League. Very exciting to have some more races there. And of course, be keeping you up to date with what's happening in terms of restrictions on the international scene as well. Don't forget, we will be having our sprint episode with Ali Thomas as well. Lots of chat in there about banquets which tend to get quite rowdy if you've not heard of them before then there's some banquet chat in there but um until then have a great few weeks and we'll see you soon